Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. A few weeks ago, I spoke with Tim McKeon. He started up the Northern Ireland Business Facebook page on the 5th of June 2020. Its aim is to help local entrepreneurs around the country post information about their businesses and to also share tips and advice with each other as many have faced hardship or worries during the coronavirus crisis. The page itself now has over 8,000 members and has even partnered with Q-Radio. I spoke to Tim to find out more about the page, its members and his own career origins. First off, uh, tell me a bit about your yourself, your background and your experience in, you know, the business world here in Northern Ireland. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I grew up in an advertising house. Um, my dad was, um, among our generation, considered to be the Don Draper of Belfast Advertising. He was involved in a company called BPA, which became McCann Erickson. And I started working there when I was still at school, actually. I used to go in after school and do odd jobs and various things which no longer exist um, in using cameras and bromide cameras for pre-computer stuff. Um, I remember watching the first uh, fax machine when it arrived and, and everyone gathering around it to watch what happened whenever a fax arrived. It was fascinating. So I've always had that sort of um, technical side as well. And then uh, I, so I worked in various uh, pieces of business and I, I sort of got retired. He was never an owner of the business. He was just the MD of a network business in Belfast. And then he retired and a guy called David Lyle came in. And uh, I imagine he probably thought I was there because I was the boss's son, which was the reason I was there. But it was, uh, I had, as I said, I sort of put about three or four years in on and off. And then we pitched for various things and I got very involved in that. And my strength came, became in the the creative stroke strategy side of things about thinking about what we should be saying and uh, and writing some ads and getting involved. It was all very exciting. It was very madman um, advertising in those days, the Telegraph and the Ulster Television and various people used to bring us some brilliant trips. So that brought us to Amsterdam four nights about four or five times and they brought us to Paris and we flew home in Concorde. So there's another piece of technology that is gone. Um, <laughs> which was just amazing. We flew out over the Bay of Biscay and went supersonic and we were flying at 55,000 feet and the normal flying is at about 36,000. It was very, very exciting. Um, and then I left McCann's. Um, that's a whole other story. Um, there's a thing on my website uh, called The Day I Was Fired, which tells that whole story. Okay. Um, and uh, then joined up with a guy called Lester Manley. And one of the things, I know this is a slightly tacky sort of your environment, but it was, it was interesting because we just got a, an Apple Mac in, um, in McCann's and it was sitting there and people were looking at it and nobody really knew how to, 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 what to do with it. Um, and then I went over to meet this guy, Lester Manley, and he had four Apple Macs with people working them um, in what was you know, comparatively a relatively small design company. Um, and so I was very interested in that and worked at the, the Manly's for about 10 years and then I became Fire IMC in 2000, 2001. Um, and the tech obviously on that side had grown unbelievably, you know, we were, you know, fully kitted out with PCs and the management side of things and, uh, and a full, like really heavy duty Apple Mac systems in place with all of the 
the things that became InDesign. There used to be a lot of other programs involved in that, but it became InDesign uh, out of Photoshop and various things, and um, and went from from you know the speed of computers being literally waiting for a couple of hours for a for a page of a brochure to reconstitute um, and to, to render um, uh, to what it is now, which is you know almost instantaneous. Um, and that, that growth in tech was always very interesting. And then in about 2010, I thought, you know, the way the world is going is digital. Um, I didn't want to finish my career just doing, I've been doing the same sort of thing for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see if there was another thing, challenging element to it. And so I set up a small digital agency called Navitalk. Um, it became very challenging. I mean, I, you know, I started off with a couple of people who I learned a lot from, and I'm still learning, you know, from, from people all the time because that's, I suppose, one of my strengths is that I, I, I I'm very open to learning. I love expertise. Um, I love learning from expertise. Doesn't I also don't feel I need to be an expert in other areas of, of skills, but I just like to know what's out there. Um, but what happened in the digital world? It became very very quick to become, I suppose it was diff- It was a difficult pitch for people to employ an agency to do just digital um, because there was a lack of understanding at senior management levels of what was needed and there was a lot of people were bringing people in house um, for whatever reasons. And so um, after a period, we, we got some interesting, interesting work and I suppose the biggest project in that period of time was an idea that I brought to the government. Um, and I had this idea that they were using social and digital not particularly effectively and in, in that they were adding it on to existing traditional advertising campaigns. So there's a lot of campaigns run by the government. And what they were doing was every campaign they would add a Facebook page or a Twitter link or whatever that, you know, and so they were creating competition for themselves. They weren't thinking about the audiences and and the idea I had was you need to think, which as I now talk strategically about, which is audience first, you need to think about the audience in the digital space because we have such control over our own media world. So we don't have to watch anything at any time other than what we want to choose ourselves. Um, and so old fashioned advertising uh, isn't nearly as effective. Um, and the numbers have just collapsed. You know, when I, at the peak of its circulation, whenever I was in advertising the Telegraph, was selling over 170,000 copies a night, mm-hmm. and it's now down to 20, between 20 and 30,000. You know, so it's a complete and total change in the media world. And so I went to the government, and we we, we developed that became a thing, uh, which is still out there, but it's not quite at the level it was a couple of years ago, called MyNI.life, mm-hmm. um, and that was done as a trial and alpha and a beta project. And the beta project, we were given three topics. Uh, to use as a trial. And one was chronic pain management, the other was food waste recycling, and the third was dairy farming. All quite diverse, but that's because we wanted diverse audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually went live uh, in, I think it was um, December 2017 or 2018, sorry, my memory. And, and we had I mean, hugely effective uh, in what we did, for example, with the chronic pain management. We created six different personas. And when I talk about personas, you know, it's specifically picturing a person that you're talking to. Um, and so one of them, for example, would have been a 60 plus females, um, 
who are married and looking after somebody as well as looking after themselves with various interests and all of that. So we developed six of those personas. Uh, we ran 27 different pieces of content for the six, um, across the six personas. Each of those pieces of content had an ad behind it with something like 100 um, other pieces of content, organic pieces of content. Uh, we looked at all the, the data that came in. We had a very much higher level of engagement than the norm for social media campaigns because it's all based around content marketing. It's not about advertising, it's about creating engaging content for each of those audiences. So that led me up to, uh, essentially due to the circumstances in Northern Ireland politics, uh, that contract wasn't renewed in May um, 2019. And so I basically decided that I wanted to take another crack sort of slight shift and go into consultancy. And so that's what I did in September and have been doing ever since. Um, so that's that's where I was sitting there. I have a good background in advertising and marketing and communications. I'm very anorakty about you know, communications. I read a lot of books, psychology books, etc., about how we respond to communications. I'm really interested in that. And uh, so I have a sideline when I sort of write stuff for myself. I don't know if it'll ever get published, but one of them is. Um, Middle class troubles, and this is a sort of memoir of growing up during the troubles. But it's also the subtitle is "Or How I Became a Bigot." Um, and what I'm doing with that is looking at language and how you know how the differences in language when we're being brought up impacts on us for life and the psychology of learning and all sorts of stuff. It's quite interesting. I find it very interesting. Um, I'm very interested uh, in that sort of stuff too. Yeah, Arab uh, language. <laughs> It's fascinating. Well, I'll tell you this, and for any of your listeners, if they want to read an author who's really, really great to read, it's a guy called Matthew Syed, and he's written several books. And the one I'm reading about at the moment is called Rebel Ideas, and it's all about diversity and how having a diverse type types of people in your business or in your meetings or whatever, that is hugely valuable uh, in developing creativity and ideas um, and so uh, and I, I, he has several books I would recommend him thoroughly Matthew Syed uh, terrific writer and very easy to read I mean I'm not a I'm not a I'm not an academic I like finding books that I find relatively easy to read or the other thing I do is I listen to audible books um, I really like those because then um, they sort of are slightly more explanatory I find them a bit more explanatory when you're read, listening to them rather than reading them so um so I do that um, and on the back of that, then, um, so I, I look at a lot of that stuff and I'm really interested in it. But you're really here today to talk about, <laughs> about the Northern Ireland Business Group. And that, for all my experience, that was just incredible because I, was, I write blogs for my website and huh? I post them and share them on places like LinkedIn and I put them out on my social media. And Friday, six weeks ago, I went and I just looked to see, I wonder, is there a Northern Ireland business group on Facebook that I can share my blog? Mm -hmm. um, and there wasn't. So, well, I'm not hugely technical. I know how to set up a Facebook group. So I thought, well, I'll set one up. So um, I did. <laughs> and, it was a, and literally, it was a Friday afternoon. I shared it with, with friends of mine. Um, and a few of them got behind it that day. And uh, Michael Stewart, who's the chamber of the Belfast, or sorry, president of the Belfast Chamber this year, shared it with a lot of his friends. And um, Bonnie Turkington, who runs Balban, she shared it a lot. Another guy called David Crozier, who's from Warren Point in the financial uh, advice sector, 
he shared it with his friends and I put up on the Friday afternoon, wouldn't it be great to get a hundred people by the end of day today? By the end of the first Friday, we had 500. Um, and I was like, goodness me, this is pretty incredible. Uh, and it's just kept going. Um, at the end of the first weekend, we had 2,000. Um, and the and, and so so once it got started, I thought, well, I better, I better do that. This is, I suppose, where my experience and, and my history kicks in because I kind of know what to do with a group once it gets going because, I've, well, I know what to do, but I've never had the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I wanted it to do was not be another business network. I suppose the best way to describe it is that the, the group will never have an event where anyone has to put on a black tie. <laughs> um, you know, it's not going to, we're not competing with anybody. We're not replicating anything, but we don't want to be the IOD. We don't want to be the chamber. We don't want to be the Federation of Small Businesses or anything. Um, we're not lobbying um, and we're very specifically not lobbying because one of the, the early rules, I suppose, was to keep politics out of it. I mean, we all know in Northern Ireland, if you want your political news, there's plenty of places to go. You'll not be short of it. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to keep religion out of it again because this is a completely open forum and it's very simple. The rules are there. You know, it's all about business. It's about promoting your business. It's about asking for help and ideas. It's about sharing ideas. Um, and that whole diversity piece, you know, which I was mentioning when I was reading about, I think is very important that people sort of can get some help and support from outside of their own business. Um, and it's just rocketed. And we're now um, at over 7,000 members, which is just incredible. Um, we've managed to keep the tone right. There's been a few glitches here and there because people are, you know, trying to, not for no other reason, you know, they just start a post about something or other that very quickly turns political. I mean, somebody asked a question, you know, what are women best at and what are men best at? And I mean, we took that down because within seconds we were already getting posts that were not particularly positive. Um, and that's the thing, you know, if we, we want to keep the positivity, every, I think that's what people are enjoying in the group is the, the positivity of it, the tone of it, the helpfulness of it. Yeah. Um, and, and if we start getting into anything else, somebody posted something that mentioned the political party and a politician and we took it down. I got, you know, I got private messages from that saying, why did you take that down? And I said, well, because already it started the responses to your post started a political debate and, and and that's not our space you know it's not up to us we want people to come on which they're doing you know and uh, they're, they're sharing information about their content about their about their businesses they are asking help there's lots of business being done which is absolutely the best thing you know when you, when i get a post from somebody saying you know this is the, we've done various pieces of business with, with people we've met through the group and that's right down to there's a company called great craft gifts in, in the Mourne district. And she said, people have come in through the door and said, I saw you on the group. And, and so it's generating business and, and it's generating it in a very positive way. Uh, people are asking for help in certain slightly more contentious areas, but they're not politics, they're business questions. And, and people have been really helpful. There was a particular question asked and various solicitors and uh, mediators came on and said, look, if you want to give me a call, if you want a quick bit of advice, and they're not doing it all for money. They're doing it, you know, they're just being helpful. Um, so it's fantastic. I'm, I'm so proud of it, to be quite honest. You know, it's, um, you know, it's not down to me. It's the, the other admins are, are Michael, David and Bonnie are fantastically helpful. I couldn't do it all myself. 
Um, but I really enjoy sort of having a little bit of freedom to, to try things out. You know, the, you'll see the posts I put up, they're not formal. They're not, um, the tone isn't all about, let's do this. You know, business is, is not, in my experience, is not about, you know, accountants and lawyers. Business is about people. Um, I think one of the things that really strikes you about this group is that from a, from a one-person hairdresser up, it's all business. And these people never got visibility anywhere. You know, there was nobody, you know, the, the BBC Business News doesn't want to talk to hairdressers or uh, physiotherapists or physical trainers or beauticians. You know, there's no interest in that because they're not big enough. They're the big business news, if I can sort of say that, is all about how many people are you employing, how much money did you get from Invest Northern Ireland, or how many people are you letting go? And, and you know, in that context, this the businesses on here are not really getting any particular visibility elsewhere. Um, and, and that's what I think, you know, and, and every single one of them, and it's the same in all of your sector, every single person in your sector who has started a business, whether it's a software company or a hardware or whatever it might be, has taken risks, has, uh, has put in a level of commitment that is completely different from being employed by somebody. And very rarely do they get a sense of support in their lives from this. And that's the other thing that we're all sort of, you know, there's a real sense of a community in here of people who sort of recognize that we've all taken risks and you know the one of the posts was you know if you're a business owner you pay your your staff before yourself and there's a lot of people who come on and said yep i have to do that mm-hmm. um and the difficulties that have arisen because of coronavirus are are there but it's not huge if anything you know it's not a big part people aren't coming on and talking about that a lot they're talking about the positives um, and they look great to have Q Radio as a supporter uh, and our media partner on the staycation campaign um, because they've been running stuff on their radio as well and that's given us a boost but it's also given some of the companies a boost. So it's, it's been fantastic. I'm absolutely thrilled with what's happened with it. And as I said, it was completely and utterly accidental. How exactly did you guys, because that is one of the questions I was going to ask, you know, um, how did Curio get involved? You know, was it a few weeks in and then the page had gained a lot of traction and they reached out or was it through your sort of advertising background? You know, did you reach out to them or how did that all sort of take off? Well, it, it, it took off because I, sh- I started it and shared it on the first day and that's all I did. And then other people shared it and it seems to be so, I mean, literally within three days we had 2000 members. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to do anything, <laughs> so I'm taking a lot of credit for something that didn't it didn't need a lot of work. Um, but, but it seems to be there was a hunger for it, you know. And, and the thing, the posts that I get most engagement with are the ones that say we're going to keep this free of politics. It's all about business, and the number of likes and shares you get from those posts is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's, I suppose the thing we did was get the tone right, um, and we got and, and what it's a momentum. People, I mean, I just come off. Somebody, a new member has joined and asked about 20 people, and I just sort of glanced through. They've all been asked, they've all answered questions, they've all sort of listened to the business. So there's another 20 people have joined this morning, um, and they're coming on and telling about their business and they're helping and sharing. And so it has a momentum of its own. What I do is, is, I suppose, the history and the experience I have in advertising is creating content that people will engage with. That's my whole mantra is in marketing outside of the group as well, create content that's engaging. Don't be boring is if anything is the, the major piece um and that's why i put things up like i don't know if you read the hole in the jumper sort of analogy you know little storytelling pieces 
and other people. You, it's noticeable that people are telling stories or getting more engagement than those just posting, this is what we do. Yeah. Um, and I try to encourage that. If there's one thing I can help to grow the success of the business, it will be getting more people to tell more stories. So I'll give you an example. I was talking to um, a, a guy, Philip Cofola, yesterday, who's a golf pro, and he's offering some prizes in this week's Q radio competition. Um, but his, uh, his uncle, Michael, runs Cofola's ice cream. Um, and I said, uh, there's a number of ice cream families in Ireland. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but, but this is what I mean about storytelling. But they all come from one small village in Italy. Um, and they're all, they all know each other. So there's, I know the Foscos and the Cofolas. Uh, uh, but there's lots of other ones. My wife's from Dublin. She says, oh, yeah, there's various other families. But they all come from one place. And I said, tell that story. That's more interesting than come to Cofolas in order to buy an ice cream. Um, because you'll get engagement with it. People will like that story. And the other thing is they'll then tell other people that, you know, and I, because of who I am. But I, it's almost like I'd say, you know, what do I chat to my friends in the golf course about on Saturday? And that's a story I tell them because we all know you know, controllers. Um, so, uh, so it's um, so that so that's how it's really taken off. To be quite honest, it has generated its own momentum. Uh, the style of the posts, the style of the design of the posts, it's non-business. Um, it's a non-business business group in the sense that you know it's not formal. It's not you know people that people can feel relaxed in what they post and say, um, and so it's uh, it's interesting. I think it's that whole sense as well, you know, the theory that tragedy brings people closer together. And with the pandemic, a lot of people have faced hardships. People have been furloughed. People have had to um, furlough their employees or people have to take, you know, pay cuts and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it's that whole sense of uh, one thing I do think Northern Ireland is quite good at doing is uh, coming together in times of crisis. And we, we do have like a friendly sort of nature and a good community sense. But I wanted to ask you as well, you know, are there any businesses in particular that you've noticed thriving despite the pandemic or, you know, what are the most common kinds of businesses you found posting on the page? Um, well, at the moment, it's a mixture. I mean, one area, I mean, obviously with, with, with you guys in sync, one area that we don't particularly have a lot of is, is, is tech and software. Um, mm -hmm. But there's a lot of retail, but there's a lot, there's a lot of tradespeople. There's, literally, there's all sorts. You know, there's, there's areas we could, you know, that I feel if people find it, they would be more... Um, get engagement because for example if you're developing software for small businesses this is an ideal place to come on and tell people about it mm -hmm. but we have a lot of b&b's we have a lot of uh, shops and retail we have a lot of things about the whole staycation area but for it, we've got a carting company we've, I mean, we've got all sorts it's it, the, the one thing i find absolutely amazing. a lot of artists a lot of gift shops a lot of I mean, creativity, loads and loads of businesses that I wouldn't even have ever thought about, to be mm -hmm. quite honest, when you start to look through it. And uh, the diversity of, of small business in Northern Ireland is phenomenal uh, and very creative and innovative. Um, you know, there's people doing yurts, there's people literally all sorts of stuff. Um, and when you read through the, the post yesterday, you look at all these people and they've all started businesses on the back of thinking, you know what, I, I, I'm going to give this a go. Um, so literally all sorts. Um, where we don't have a lot of engagement is, is bigger businesses, but that's fine. You know, that, that's not what we're for. There's plenty of big business, you know, that for all the people who want to put on shirts and ties and go to the IOD. And I was in the IOD. I got a lot out of the IOD, but we're not the IOD. 
Um, and we're not, you know, we're not, as I say, the, the Northern Ireland Chamber. We're, we're, we are what we are for a lot of smaller businesses, you know. Yeah. And my final question, Tim, as well, is what advice would you personally give to people struggling with their businesses right now or anyone that's hoping to start a business? Um, you know, what sort of tips and tricks have you found useful? I think, I think the thing about it, and, and I suppose it's a sort of thing, what I would say this is, is if you want to get your business going stronger, it's a marketing solution. You know, you can do everything you like in your business and, and there's things you can do. You know, you can, you can structure it slightly differently or you can look at costs. There's all of those formal accountancy type approaches to business. But if people don't know about it and if you don't get new customers, then it all becomes a bit pointless. And marketing in this day and age uh, online, and there's a lot of members here, I and mean, I'm promoting not myself particularly, there's lots of members or digital agencies and small marketing agencies and PR agencies. But unless you get your marketing right, um, then it's, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the opportunity in digital is not being tapped into properly. Um, there's very few people doing it well. Um, and that's what I mean by that is a lot of people are just shoving sales content out there. That's not going to engage anybody. So there's processes and things which you can learn about. You know, I, if, if there's one thing I would tell people, I would say take your marketing and communications a lot more seriously. Um, really think about it. There's so much information out there that you can learn from. Um, you can understand a process it's not rocket science but it takes a bit of time and don't just expect to be able to do it without learning about it i think that's the other side of it you know there's levels of expertise in the country about marketing tap into it and you know throughout my career i i I, and i it's it's not just me it's it's all of my colleagues in advertising or my generation we kind of laugh have a bit of a laugh when we get together and say how many how many people have told you that they think they'd be really good at advertising and you know we meet people all the time who for some reason think they would just naturally be good at advertising and partly because they've seen a lot of advertising but the other thing is they don't realize that there's a lot of work involved you know there's you know if we get a brief in it's not just oh here's the solution there's thinking goes on there's research and particularly in the digital space and uh, but i'm a great great one for, for pushing the understanding of the customer. I, I call it audience first marketing. Understand who you're selling to and what benefits you're giving them. Um, I wrote an ad for a software company many years ago. It was called Uniballs before your time, uh, but it was a Northern Ireland based, I think it was an Irish based company, but Uniball Software. And I wrote the ad, and, and the ad headline was Whenever I got introduced to Uniball Software, my golf handicap went down. Um, <laughs> And, and that's what the software was for. It wasn't, you know, you don't just buy the product to have the product. You have it, you buy it for the benefits. Um, and so if people are going to market, there's always benefits, you know, at the end of the day. When we're, we were looking at those personas for chronic pain, what are the benefits of coping better with chronic pain? It's, of course, it's less pain, but it's being able to do more things. It's being able to make that cup of tea. It's being able to walk a bit further and then go and visit your friends. It's, been, you know, there's lots. So look for the benefits. But... If there's one thing people can improve and improve relatively quickly, it's their marketing. Um, you know, it's, so much of it is done badly. I've just been candid with you. Um, because why would it be good? Uh, I don't know how to do an accountancy job. I don't know how to do law. Um, and I completely and utterly useless at certain elements of business. 
but I'm pretty expert in what I do. But there's a lot of people out there that think they're expert in what I do and they've never really done it. So um, you need to take it a bit more seriously. Need to get the experts in or at least upskill yourself properly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both. You know, it depends on the size and scale of your business. Even a small one, two, three person business, you can spend some time, go home in the evening and research it. You know, you know marketing for small businesses, there is endless stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And, and focus on it and don't think you know better. It's really weird in marketing how people think, ah, sure, you know, I'll give it this ago or that ago. And you know, there, is, there are systems and ways of doing it. And, and you see, if you get it right, if you get it right, you can be as good as, your marketing can be as good as anybody's. And that was never the case when it was television and things. You couldn't afford it. But if you get your marketing right in your own specific area, because you can buy and pay for your marketing in such a, you know, a tight area of where you are, that you're not paying big media costs, but, and you're not having to write TV ads anymore. So... You can do really, really good marketing if you think about it. But it's it just it's a bit frustrating for me if people don't think about it. As I say, they sort of think they'll be able to do it without putting the work in. That's it for this week's episode of TechCrack. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.